Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Prism for Enterprises School of Small Business. This is where we discuss issues pertaining to small business and offer solutions to those issues. Um, today, we're going to continue, or I'm continuing my series of authors who have written business and business related books. Uh, but before we get started, um, Please subscribe to the channel, um, give us your comments, leave us your comments, um, uh, share with your everyone in your world what we do here uh, so that they too can benefit from the information and perspectives that we share on the channel. Uh, today I have with me author of Male Perspectives is a very interesting um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I apologize for my grainy throat. I'm trying to come down with a cold, but but fighting it, fighting for dear life. But anyway, um, Susan's um, Susan's book is Male Perspectives on the Value of Women at Work. Very interesting topic, and I am so happy to see. Um, see it in print um, so that both men and women can uh, benefit from her perspectives um, on this topic. Uh, just to introduce you to Susan, uh, she um, works with organizations to develop highly productive and fulfilling workplaces, <clears throat> excuse me, that reflect the rich diversity of society she has extensive cross-sector experience, inclusive of international experience, working with organizations and delegations from all over the world. Welcome, Susan. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm so honored to have this discussion with you. Please share with the audience, um, give them uh, an overview of the book, why you decided to write it, what was the experience uh, writing it, and uh, what, should, um, what should your readers gain from, from reading your book? Okay, first and foremost, thank you very much for having me to, um, here today, Salome. So um, the way, I mean, there are many ways in which I could start to explain um, why I wrote the book, but I think the most fundamental thing is the progression of women in the workplace at all different levels up to leadership. Back in 20, the year 2000, I was doing a postgraduate program and I had a focus on women in um, women's progression. I came across an organization, Opportunity 2000. Um, it, it was aiming to, it had all its objectives for women's progress, but having not achieved those pro the progress, it moved it from opportunity 2000 to opportunity now. That was 22 years ago. Wow. Um, the research that I started with my book was about 20 years, I mean, 20 years ago. So 2000, the year 2020, sorry, the year 2020. Mm -hmm. And the key thing for me is looking around, I still hadn't seen enough progress. 
I'm aware of a number of amazing projects, programs, initiatives supporting women, and a lot of them do a great job. But women are still not where you would expect them to be yes. based on the initiatives, based on women's capabilities. And based, and, on the, and based on the progression of time as well. Exactly, exactly. But the people that are still more advanced are men. And so I thought we need to include men in the discussion. So let me speak to some of them. And I had the advantage of us having just gone into lockdown. And so... Um, I contacted a couple of female friends and said, I'm going to do this. And they said, go for it. And they introduced me to a few men. I contacted a few men that I know. And from there, it, it, it became, I was introduced to more and more men. And in the end, I spoke to 30 different men, the youngest 16, the oldest in, their, in his 70s, diverse backgrounds, some in the UK where I'm based, you may or may not have noticed by my accent, um, and some a few in the States, Europe, Africa, so different locations, so a really diverse pool of men. And so then um, you asked what people will gain from it. So for me, they're, they're, they're three key groupings in terms of messaging. There's the message for women, whereby they gain a better understanding of how men perceive their unique value. And I will say it's generalizing, understand how they see women navigating, the challenges with that, but you also get, women also get an understanding of how women navigate differently. I mean, sorry, how men navigate. And both of high value, because it's not to say that you as a woman then do things that you then start behaving like a man, but you mm -hmm. behave with a greater awareness. Mm -hmm. Secondly, for men, it makes men more aware of this is women. If they weren't already aware or you only have you have awareness from different perspectives because every man that I spoke to was different. You gain insights into women and how they navigate and why things are different from women that you weren't aware of before. And then the third one is um, organization leaders. I could go further and say within education policy or what have you but just sticking to the workspace organization leaders become aware of the structural stru um, the structural imbalance the way the way organizations were designed around men mm -hmm. and um and therefore favor the way men navigate the work environment Thank you. That is very, very um, enlightening. Um, Susan, would you say in in the, prog in the in your process of interviewing these men that what, what were their initial um, reactions? Uh, did they um, did they immediately um, um, develop an awareness that you know maybe women were maybe not treated 
as fair as fairly as they should be, or or they felt this um, the status quo is okay, or they they developed a better understanding that although women their perception of historic perception of women um, were you know they need to be home taking care of family and home. Um, how did how, you're smiling? What would what, what were their initial um, reactions, and did they did they immediately see um, or were able to perceive um, that you know maybe they should be looking at women differently, and if not differently, um, switch their uh, mindset about what women can bring um, to the workplace. So, as I said, I spoke to 30 different men, and each was different. Wow. That, that, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. um, and I, I did take an appreciative, some, something of an appreciative inquiry approach. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't specifically interested in talking to men who had a negative viewpoint. Okay. Um, I would say women should be at home. Right, right. And clean. I, I didn't believe there was specific value in that. Okay. But what I will say is that with the men that I did speak to, there were different levels of awareness and understanding. Um, so there was one man, for instance, that I spoke to who um, he, he worked with women in, lead, in, in, in political leadership. Um, and so you could say he was something of a champion, much more aware, much more tuned in, much more in on the forefront. And there were one or two others that, should I say, were um, champions in one form or the other. There were those who were supporters and those that were, should I say, open but more skeptical did not necessarily fully understanding the issues and the challenges and you could I say that they were on a journey to understanding mm -hmm. and um so if I think of one of the men for instance who spoke of a situation that he'd faced at work whereby he um he, he, he was leading a session with a female who told him, when I'm talking, please step back and don't get too involved. Yeah. And at first he didn't fully understand it. And he, when she spoke, he would speak because he thought that means we're a great team. We're working together. And um, that shows that we're in synergy with each other. Um, but then she told him during the break no this isn't working well stop mm -hmm. and he did and what he realized was that when it came to feedback they'd done a session previously whereby the feedback was seeing him as the leader and more, her more as an assistant but when he ceased to support her as he thought he was by reinforcing what she was saying. They saw them as equal partners. And so for him, that was part of his journey, whereby he's still learning. It's like, oh, wow. 
Um, sometimes we say people need to step forward, women need to step forward, and there are times for that. But there are other times that we need to actually make space, not to make ourselves smaller. I mean, that's... But to allow room for... Allow room for other people yeah. and recognize the perceptions. So there are people like him, I mean, and I could give a number of examples, um, such as the other man that didn't realize until... Um, recently that actually women's menstrual cycles might at times be a factor in how they respond within a room during um, sessions and so they're all the number of different things that I spoke to people about the men that they were becoming aware of there there was on the other hand the man that thought women don't push that's what he kept saying women don't push and the problem is women don't push. And I'm thinking, what do you mean women don't push? And um, and for me, there was a lot of holding the space and listening to see where he was going. And he ultimately, he, he said, well, women aren't visible. They don't network enough. And even if they don't go to the networks that are predominantly men where things are often, decisions are happening, they don't make themselves visible. And he did a few searches on um, LinkedIn um, for um, board director and the majority were men. And so there, there, so there were all the varying degrees and views of people, um, which you have to like really read it to see the extent yeah. of different yeah. views expressed. Yeah. Would, you, would you say, Susan, you mentioned something, uh, I had a, a I'm going to ask you this and I have a follow-up question. Um, would you say, because there's no, um, it, would be, it would be foolhardy to say women and men can never be the same. Uh, I won't use the word equal because I think we can be equal in certain perspectives, but we can't be, men, women and men are just not the same. And you, you bring up the point of the menstrual cycle. Women have particular issues, that being one, not issues, but, but, um, but idiosyncrasies. Women have different dips that are intrinsic to women, and it's not something that they can change or have <laughs> or, or can make different. And that is one of them. The other is they're dealing with that. You've got child rearing, child bearing, um, the family structure, um, whether they're also um, going through a period of self-improvement uh, for themselves. Do you, is it that, did you find that men were, um, I'm sure they're aware if they've had um, women in their families or their wives or other relationships aware of these um, idiosyncrasies or, or the challenges that women face. Would you say there was a, a level of um, sensitivity um, regarding these issues from the men you interviewed or were their attitudes were just, you know, it is what, um, it is what it is and women just have to deal with it. I think varying degrees of awareness, and I could almost start by saying there, there were there were those that recognised that 
when women go on maternity leave, there is, you could say, an injustice or sometimes they become invisible while they're away. But there's actually a need to embrace women when they take time off for maternity leave because um, the view often expressed is women tend to be more loyal. So they might take that time out for maternity leave, but when they come back, they are um, more likely to stay with an organization long-term while men are more inclined, and these are broad generalizations, men are more inclined to move from one organization to another, moving up the ladder in that way, while a woman is more likely to stay um, in an organization. So there were those that expressed the view, if you're loyal to women during that time, they will stay loyal to you. Mm -hmm. um, there was one particular man that went further to express the view that when women um, are at home looking after children, there's a, there's a skill set to what they're doing mm -hmm. and the way in which they're navigating, understanding different children's behavior, both theirs and children's friends and manage them, managing them and doing all those different things at the same time. And that those skills are actually relevant to managing people in, in the workplace yeah but then and, and i'll go even further because you mentioned that those things those idiosyncrasies around um the menstrual cycle um giving birth to children can't be changed mm -hmm. um funny enough the oldest person that i spoke to in his 70s actually says there's a need to like really start looking at those things um in terms of things like fertility treatment and how can we have it so that that key period in the 20s 30s which is a key period where people are moving up in their career that women don't have to miss out because they're they they want to have children so so there, so there were there were those views, and and even outside of the book, um, there are men and people generally that you speak to that say, um, we have medication around men's fertility, mm -hmm. um, and so we should be able to start looking at women's fertility. And if you think about it, in sports, there are I think injections that athletes, female athletes might have at times to, um, to which prevents their, yeah. mm -hmm. so, that, so there are things. So I think there's some things that will always be core to us as women, but there are adjustments both um, in terms of how people engage with us mm -hmm. Um both, both in terms of the uh, in terms of the benefits and the structures within organization and what is done in turn externally to mm -hmm. better enable women you know that that opens all kinds of doors <laughs> because you know it, it and it, it's interesting that it's an older man that has that perspective because it, there are so many um, advances now in childbearing and the fact you you know there is that time period when you're saying women are trying to um, 
to rate to get to scale the ladder and they're they're conflicted do i spend the time scaling the ladder and do i spend the time or do i commit now to to having and raising a family and what does that what how much of an effect is that break going to have on my rise up the ladder it's exactly. always been a challenge but nowadays we have like you say women have options you can save you can um save your eggs there's surrogacy there's all kinds of different um uh perspectives now on can you wait until later on in life to have a family so it's a really interesting dynamic and i don't know how that um um how would that sort of conversation be introduced into it would have to be a pretty progressive workplace and a pretty progressive leader to to sort of um introduce that conversation into their hr um initiatives yeah i mean and and one thing i will say is those options are there for some because mm -hmm. there is a social economic That's very element. true yes there's a social yes. economic yeah. element to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's not available to yeah. everyone, everyone. Um, exactly. but at least we know it's there yeah. and so there, there there is the opportunity to grow things but in terms of the conversation before, before you go on susan i just want to make the point that you know i think a big step would be um that women have the assurance that they're not going to be punished when they take time out for family for having a baby for uh, wanting extended paternity leave and and we find nowadays that men uh, a lot of men are now um getting paternity leave but goes back to the point where that option is not available to everyone so we go back to the socioeconomic um yeah and, and i think even when men do want to take paternity leave to say well you as the female partner just spend a short period of time at home mm -hmm. and then um you go back to work and, and i will <laughs> do do the, yeah. the challenge often is pay mm -hmm. so um more often than not men earn more mm -hmm. so if you are on and i mean and the legislation policy will vary from one country to another yeah but typically you will have um a period where you might be paid full pay for a short period of time and then pay reduces um or even if you are paid it's paid I mean so it it's a small it's a smaller amount than what you would pay if you were in the office working or in the workplace whatever mm -hmm. form it is um and so if a man's salary is higher unless you are you're a high income couple then the tendency is that actually yes it would be nicer it would be a good idea for the man to uh, um to, to go to, to stay at home but at a practical level then that doesn't always work awesome 
<clears throat> I want to go back to something you said earlier, Susan, about the guy who did the search and um, not finding a lot of women on boards or in in um, in the realm of upper management. How many, you know, the women who have actually broken through that ceiling? Um, what was his perspective as to why there were so other than the networking piece? Because it, it, I don't think it's so much that women aren't making the effort. I just think that traditionally the norm has been men can men have more um, more value. What they say have more value. Their contribution has more value. Women don't have the skill. Women don't have the ability to be in those positions of leadership. But what was his um, did he give any reasons why he thought that was the case? It still went back to that thing about visibility. Mm -hmm. So um, for him, it wasn't, you don't have to be a board, on a board. You don't have to be a non-executive director right. to include non-executive director in your profile in a way that someone searches and finds you. Um, so under skills, under your heading profile on LinkedIn, you could easily say aspiring non-executive director or, or um, moving yeah. towards, or, but something such that even though you're not there yet, if someone does the search, mm -hmm. they will find you. But that's a very his good point. point of view, his point of view was that if people can't easily find you, then they don't they, they don't always have the time to do the search. Now there is the counter argument, and um, one of the men that I spoke to said he's always looking for a diverse pool of candidate for whatever um, candidates for whatever role he's trying to fill, and if he doesn't he's not given that diverse group of candidates um by his search team he'll tell them to go back or tell them to go back mm -hmm. and search deeper and search further and wider that's a lot of searching because yeah. not everyone's gonna do that <laughs> yeah so so there are the two sides to it there is the, there is the thing about us as females making ourselves more visible mm -hmm. whether it's going out to networks and I know we don't always feel comfortable going to some of the men's networks and we're not always invited anyway but outside of that there'll be other places that we can network there's so much online but critically there's making ourselves visible so that when people are searching they'll find us but I will say to the the chief executive to the scene of the C-suite leader or anyone leading looking for people. There is that some that there is that thing about receiving a list of candidates that are all male. We could even go forward all white male or all white middle class male and being able to say thank you, but I want more diverse. I want women. I want people from different backgrounds, and it's not as a nicety it's because 
would get greater value. I think everyone now recognizes that you get greater value from a workforce when you have diversity in the people working within a team. And, and I will venture to say, um, Susan, that women are skills that men will never have. Yeah, and they, vice versa. And vice versa, exactly. And, and which comes back to the point that we're different and we bring different strengths, we bring different value to the table. And we, um, it, it, it should uh, be in an environment where you complement each other rather yeah. than, than fighting, competing complimenting rather than competing and part of that is for men specifically men i mean for us to start off with actually to understand and recognize the value that we bring mm -hmm. both what we see that we bring and sometimes that might be limited mm -hmm. um, but also what other people see that we bring the value that we as women uniquely bring exactly. and for us to therefore feel comfortable to come as we are to not feel that we have to compete with men or mm -hmm. be like men in order to be good and to succeed but yeah. to recognize the the yin and the yang and that the two together is what makes teams and organizations most powerful yes and, and uh, i'm gonna um, say something that might be a little controversial. Go for it. <laughs> May ruffle a few feathers. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I've um, there are a bunch of networking organizations now that are mainly women, uh, all women, um, and uh, there's value I, I find in those organizations because. Uh, women are women have gotten the rap in the past. We don't support each other. Uh, you know, we're not um, serve, we don't serve each other as well as we should. And and those organizations are, as I said, of value because women support each other. They they share resources. They can um, point their counterparts into areas they probably would not um otherwise go to but to the to that gentleman's point to that leader's point about um women being visible if you're if you're not if you're networking mainly with women and but at the same time the the real world is really a world that's either dominated by men or um predominantly men mm -hmm. um how do how do women then create that comfort level of being in an in a in a situation where it's predominantly women because you're so um you're accustomed to just dealing with women you're not um as he said becoming visible in male dominated spheres uh, um, what are your thoughts on that I I believe there is definite value mm -hmm. in those female or women-only spaces. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a starting point. Okay. I believe there's the opportunity to, at times, invite men yeah. into the space. Not all Very men. Point. Yeah. 
but I mentioned men that are like champions and supporters yeah. invite yeah. a few of them into the space yeah. once in a while to share Mm-hmm. But more often to listen, to hear, to understand. One of my um, contributors, that's what I call the men that I spoke to, spoke about going to a conference and there was a session um, which was about women and he went along for that session and found he was the only man in the room. Wow. And the situation was, that the women were talking and they're all nodding their heads and agreeing and adding their example um, but men not being there men didn't have the opportunity to understand and the reality is men don't typically have a full understanding of women one of them the men that I spoke to said women are complex and so he was like mothers need to explain to their daughters uh, what men um, what what women are like but putting that aside women have got to a certain age so the key then is to on occasion invite a few men or have sessions which um include men as well as women yeah, yeah. they but can't outside read, of, yeah yeah they can't, read, they can't read our minds they can't um, you can be, yeah they they as that's a really great analogy and example that you give because yeah. here are these this group this group of women sharing all these amazing things and having all these amazing ideas of how, maybe how things should change or what contributions they can make but the audience they're trying to reach is not there they're, yeah. they're kind of speaking back to themselves yeah so, so that is one side but then there is the other side of it which requires women to find the men that are more supportive mm-hmm. because um i i when i work with groups um or give talks i say to women think of men that you know in your life your work x space that have been supportive of you and what is it because I think every woman will probably find one might have some might have to think a bit harder but you'll find that there might be that one man that was supportive of you and what was it about him and the key then is to find other men in the workspace that you're in or in the wider workspace so it could even be a relative that you can have to um to have conversations with Um, I'm very big on conversation the power of conversation that you can share experiences with the person this is what's going on that if the person is in the same workspace as you that the person ideally at a more senior level has the potential to become you could say a mentor but I'm going to say a sponsor because a mentor might guide you and there's value in that but a sponsor will be there to champion you Mm -hmm. and say Salome is good for this Mm -hmm. we should talk to Salome so even though you might not have direct access to those male spaces you have someone who's got your back, who's looking out for you as well. Awesome. Um, at the start of our conversation, we started We started out by, or I started out by talking about um, 
the differences yet similarities <laughs> between men and women. And men, of course, um, whether it's in their family or their other um, relationships or even at work, um, have, um, have a knowledge of women on a certain level. Um, some may be more deeper than others. Some may be a lot more sensitive than others. Um, did you find in your, in your, with your contr contributors that um, their views on women in the workplace, um, did it emanate mostly from their um, relationships with their parents from the start? And how did that progress as they moved along in life? Yeah. Well, with some, most definitely. So the contributor who I mentioned always says, I want a diverse pool of mm. candidates. Um, he spent his foundation years in India, then he's lived in different places, mm. Africa, Dubai, um, when I say Africa, Niger Lagos in Nigeria, to be specific, um, worked in England, now based in the States. So he's got a very diverse mm -hmm. background. And he comes from a family with a number of highly successful women. Mm -hmm. Doctors, both medical and academic doctors mm -hmm. and others. And he talks of growing up and hearing them talk and share, I mean, talking to each other, not so much him, but talking about their experiences of the workplace and the frustrations that they faced. Mm -hmm. And so that informed him because there was no question. These aren't just people he loved and cares about. These are people that are highly intelligent and capable. And as I say, he saw them as more qualified than, he, as him, than himself. And that's to say, not to say he's unqualified in any way, shape or form. So he knows women are capable. And so when he then gets to the workspace and starts leading, his view is, no, we want to give them an opportunity. We don't want, I don't want them to face the challenges that women from my family have faced. And so he has initiatives such as, um, it's not a matter of you have to work from nine to five. It's this is the job that needs to be done. And you know how to get on and do it once you're capable and ask for support when you do when you need support. Because he has an awareness that women have at times, not always, but at times have responsibilities that mean that that's strict nine to five or whatever the hours don't always work for them so as I said th there, there were the women such as him that um, were highly unaware but I think most of them are on a journey with varying levels of understanding um, but I would say all well-intended um, so you even had the man who who's had a I'll say seven years old, a daughter of about seven. And he said he was teaching her how to negotiate. It was interesting because he had a mother 
who used to sew and she was very good at what she did and she had a very strong work ethic where she would work to get the job done but she at times did it for next to nothing and it was like her joy was doing the work mm -hmm. so for him he took from her the work ethic of working very hard to get the job done but he was also very good at negotiating for what he wanted and he's now teaching his daughter and he says to her he's teaching her to ask for more than what you believe mm -hmm. your, your work or what you do is worth mm -hmm. so it, it, there's a whole spectrum yes yes this this topic is so um diverse and it can go in so many different directions but i just had a thought susan um, do you see um, your book, Men's Perspective on Women in the Workplace, becoming um, more of a movement rather than just uh, rather than um, leaving it with the book? Does it become a movement? Because I see where um, that could be where you um, invite the male audience into the female world. Um, so uh, do you see that happening? And if so, how, when, and is that something you'd even be willing to, to, <laughs> to take on? Well, I would venture to say I've already started that. Awesome. Because, um, the book, as people have told me, it's not something that you sit down and read from A to Z like a novel. You've almost got to read each chapter and pause because each chapter is a person's voice. Mm -hmm. And so you've almost got to digest that. But even doing that by yourself is just a starting point. There's a need for dialogue and engagement with people. So one of the things that I do is I lead conversations, um, leadership conversations, um, on three key subject areas around the book. The first one about women and what they could do differently. Mm -hmm. um, the second about men, what, what, what more can men do? And then the third around organization, culture, values, and what needs to change. So there are those conversations that I've started having with small groups of leaders. And um, if anyone goes onto my website, dare I say, um, mosaicworld.live, and you go to the conversations, you'll see the conversations that I'm running at any point in time. I can also do those within organizations. And I'm also giving talks. But when I give talks, because um, it's easy to give a keynote where you just share knowledge, but I make that very interactive as well, where I really get people to reflect on mm -hmm. their workspace and what they can do. And so hopefully over time, I will do more and more of that. I'm speaking to um, a, a leadership group, which runs a book club. And they're thinking of using the book um, as um, for what one of the what a conversation that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So hopefully more and more groups and internal with organizations with mm -hmm. my presence or without my presence, mm -hmm. hopefully more and more people will start reading 
and discussing and asking the questions and reflecting back to each other, both, as I said, formally and informally. And hopefully it grows and grows and we can become more aware of each other, men more aware of women, women more aware of men. And we can develop a better understanding so that we can work better and better together. Awesome. Now, um, this is a channel about um, uh, empowering small business, business in general. And uh, I've had uh, um, uh, part of my experience as, a, as an entrepreneur um, and as a woman business owner has been um, the chat. One of the challenges has been simply being a woman. Um, and I, I found that some, a lot of women, business owners that I speak to experience the same thing. And it, 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 it's, the reason is for all the, all the reasons we've been, um, been discussing. It's historical, it's traditional, it's, um, sometimes it's, it's ignorance lack of awareness of what a woman can bring to the table. Now, apart from having the conversation and the awesome job you're doing of, of spreading the word about what women can do differently, how much more can men do? Um, what else do you see that um, uh, not just uh, men in particular, but organizations, corporations, et cetera, in particular, can do um, in terms of um, the progression of, of um, women in the workplace? So understand the difference. Understand how women navigate differently from men. Mm -hmm. One of the key things is, um, and I emphasize the generalization of this. Yeah. <laughs> men typically think in the eye and they talk in the eye. Mm -hmm. And when men speak and say, I did this, it could be their team. They might not have had any involvement, just oversight. But I did this. I achieved this. Mm -hmm. We can think, oh, they're confident. They're very good. And wow we need to promote them what have you and um men will i'm also more inclined to say i want a salary increase i mean put themselves forward for roles whether yeah. or not they meet all the criteria they're more likely to ask for a salary increase and what have you and you can think great and i'm not taken away from those things though i could challenge some of them as well but women generally are more likely to say we did this um if something goes wrong within their team they're more likely to say i i but generally yeah. mm -hmm. they're more likely to think in the we because mm -hmm. they're thinking of the whole that yeah. nurturing nature that tends to come with us as women where um, which, is, which incidentally is uh is of amazing value to an organization yes. thinking in terms of the we <laughs> okay this is, this is what i'm coming to yeah. we're less likely to put ourselves forward if we don't meet the criteria we're less likely to think and say 
I want more, give me more, because we're thinking of the, of the whole and we think you would do the best by me and everything else. And people might think that's someone that's not confident or capable. But for organization leaders, for me, the key is really get to understand women, the value that they bring, how they think. We will think of all the options. We're thinking of the whole. I'm not taking anything away from men saying this, but typically they're things that we bring with the way we are and the way we think naturally. And if organization leaders begin to understand the value of those things that they br we bring and value us fully as we are, then I think that will go a long way mm -hmm. to make things better. Awesome. And that's what I could things... add. Yeah, I could add as well. There are also linked to that. So if you understand the value that women bring, but also look at those structural issues yeah. that are biased against women as well. But start by just understanding the value we bring. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, I would say to your point, one of the things women can probably do differently is not really um, detract from the we perspective, but be of the mindset that um, don't depend on, on the structure to then reward you. Um, even though what you're doing is adding so much value. If you're not being rewarded, step forward and ask for it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and also with stepping forward, as one of my contributors pointed out, key is timing as well. Yes. Because the example that he gave was when it came to the review period, so we know that with a lot of organizations, we still have a review period. Mm -hmm. And after that, we'll do the review, who's doing well. And then alongside that, organizations are considering pay. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, men are likely to say, I've done this, 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 this is what I've achieved. And this is what I expect or what I want in terms of an increase. But from his experience, women are less likely to say what their salary ex, um, expectations are mm -hmm. at that stage. They're more likely to wait. And if at all they talk, it's more likely to be when the review has been completed and um, the organization leadership have calculated their budget and what they're allocating to who, recognizing that they don't want the man to leave and mm -hmm. he's asked for this, he doesn't want to, um, the lady hasn't said that much. So exactly. just give her less. And then at times when she's been told, this is the increase, isn't that nice? We're giving you this increase. Yeah. Um, but she's thinking, no, I deserve yeah. more than that. We're giving you 10 cents, but it's an yeah. increase. <laughs> yeah. and, and it could even be more than that, but it could yeah. be a thousand, example. But it could be a thousand, whereas the man has been given three or four. Mm -hmm. um, and then even if she at that stage talks, it's too late. Too late, yeah. Because the budgets have already been sorted out. So timing is key as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that is another thing women can do differently. This has been so amazing, uh, Susan. And we could, we probably need a part two. <laughs> to talk about next steps. But in addition to, um, well, let me ask you one final question, which I like to ask um, everyone I speak with. Um, what would you say, you know, as we wrap up is, um, we talk about influence. What would you say is, how would you view what your influence has been? whether it's um, in what you're doing in business, with people, with organizations, and um, what, what, what contribution would you say in terms of your influence um, are you making? And which, what, um, uh, how, is your impact, how is your influence having the greatest impact? I would say, in valuing people. So um, I talk about human value optimization, mm -hmm. the recognition that everyone has value and something to, something to offer. Um, I've come to value myself. I haven't always. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I could be an expert at questioning myself, mm -hmm. but recognizing the value that I bring but and alongside that, being able to recognize the value other people see and bring, to have that dialogue, that conversation with anybody. I will talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, and um, my starting point is always in their humanity. To I um, create the safe space to have difficult conversations with people, um, and that means that people are able to gain a greater understanding of issues, challenges, what have you, asking those difficult questions, and yeah. therefore they're able to be more effective and in their own spaces. So I think that is probably the most fundamental thing. Awesome. Now, Susan, as we wrap up, other than your website where people can find you, the amazing forums that you're doing leadership work and having the conversations with women as well as men, how can the um, audience find you? Um, how do they connect with you? The, the easiest way um, is if you go to my um, website, which is www.mosaic world.live l-i-v-e um, then you find me there um, alternatively if you go to linkedin susan papula you'll see my smile and you immediately know that's me or just google me and you'll find me yeah so it's mosaic yes mosaic just like the artwork mosaic yeah, what's and your full website mosaic world mosaicworld.live Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, well, Susan, it's been such an amazing, enlightening, intriguing 
conversation about male perspectives on women in the workplace. And I can't wait to continue the conversation uh, for you or my audience. I hope you, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you got immense value from what Susan shared with us today. Go check out her book, Male Perspectives on Women in the Workplace. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Uh, please share it with your friends, family, everyone in your world. Uh, please uh, share your comments with us. And finally, um, join us again next week, every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern for um, the Prism for School of Small Business. Until then, uh, talk to you soon. Bye.